growing up in the outreach, we always heard this from every speaker, from Pastor Ed, Mitchell Peterson, my pastor, Pastor, pastor Sonny. We always come with this concept of, you got to stretch yourself. you got to stretch yourself. So what does that mean, stretch yourself? Second Timothy 1, uh, Did I go up? There it goes. Um, it reads like this. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to reliable men who will, be, will also be qualified to teach others and do hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Now, when you, when you look at that scripture, and every time I read that scripture, it's always under the, 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 the light of Isaiah 45, 2 and 3. And, and Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. These are the scriptures that, that actually were, were founded the Georgia National, given to Pastor Sully back in 1967 by a prophet by the name of Dick Mills. If you ever Google, Google Dick Mills, very, that, that guy was a trip. Because I've seen him number times, and he actually gave me a word in our office, not even at a church service. And he could pull scriptures word for word from like 30 different translations. And he would teach you, and I'm like, look at that. You know, how do you do it? You talk about a gift. And he would come out and he would give you scriptures and quotes and prophesy on you. Amazing man of God. When I first seen him, he was only older. He was older when I first met him. John, he looked old. Only young Eric looks old, right? Even I look old. But he would wear tennis shoes with his suit. And I go, forget, Mr. Mr. Bob. And I just went to what's up? I go, the shoes? He goes, when you're my old, he goes, when you're as old as I am, you don't care how you look. Isaiah 45, 2, 3. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you, you know what I will give you. Church of God is rich in story and secret places so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God, the God is who summons you by name. And what I love about this scripture, it doesn't, it says nothing that we're going to do. It is all what God's going to do. He goes, I will go before you, I will level the mountain. I will break down the gates of bone, I will cut to the bar of heart, and I will give you the treasures of darkness and riches for the secret places. So this is a promise. God said he's going to give these things to us. Hmm? And, and I've been living that promise for 30 years. And it has happened. Amen? And he also gave us Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. Enlarge the place of your tent. Now notice... The switch here is no longer what God is going to do. Here is what we're going to do, what you're going to do. Enlarge the place of your tent. That is, the place of our tent is like our church. Right? Enlarge the place of your, your, your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Now, when you when you look at a tent, anybody ever 
of the tent, the cord, right, and the stakes that would hold the tent in place, correct? And if you do it well, strong winds and rain, nothing can knock it down. So, and so the, the cord the, and the stakes represent the leadership and the people. So, so he says, what do you say? Enlarge the, the place of your tent and stretch. Right? So it sounds good. It doesn't sound good. What do you get? A new building? Yeah, but but, but when, you, when you go to somebody you're going to make it bigger, what, is, what does it mean? It means it's like this. It always sounds good to have kids, right? For those of you who have one child, isn't it a good thing? But all of a sudden, you have two. And then, if you're, you know, hot blooded Mexican, you have three, four, or five. You know, because the Hispanics, they, 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 don't, they don't know anything about birth control, amen? It's like they think they got to populate the world by themselves, single handedly, right? And, put, and so it's a wonderful thing to have children, correct? However, when you, the more children you have, guess what? The more you have to. Right? If you don't believe me, ask Amy. <laughs> Amen. Or Leo. Because you, you have a bunch of children and they do things to you. So, and that's what's happening. We're going to stretch. So that means more is going to be required of us all. Right? It happens. Let me keep reading. Four, and this is what he says. You're going to do these things. Why? Not because just because you were bored. You're going to stretch your cords. I mean, strengthen your things. You're going to lengthen your cords. You're going to stretch it to the wide, wide. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. We're going to grow. So we, we've been waiting for this promise to happen in our church. We've just been, we've just been tilling the ground and biding time until it's our time. Because every church has a different growth spurt. You know, you did the first church, past 27, 50 years, and yet Ed's church was here like to 40 years, and Pastor Steve's church was here 30 years. So we're all at the different levels of growth. And, and not everybody gets to stretch at the same time. So you look back at San Bernardino, who was one of the first churches, they're probably going to be here for 42 years, 40 they're growing, they're stretching, right? Because that's their pace. What's our time? Oh, let me tell you, I mean, I'm going to just talk to the editor. She's excited. It's our time. Huh? Well, we can, we're we're, we're, we're going to stretch, to, we're going to spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants, my descendants, will dispossess nations and settle their desolate cities. And you can see that we're already beginning to move in that, that, that area, right, uh, that God has called us to move. Amen? So, so that's what you, you say. Why are you excited? That's why I'm excited. So what, what we need to do is a question. Hmm? Since we all agree that Christ is coming back, which is reflect this belief. If Christ is coming back, if we're in times movement of God, and we are going to stretch the left to the right, then what must we do? John Baptist, as he's prophesying in the wilderness, says, Repent for the kingdom of God is near. It is at hand, right? Repent for the kingdom. So that repent for the kingdom near is very important. So we preach the gospel of the kingdom. We're living in a kingdom age. And when he says near, well, 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 near really means it's within reach. 
subjects. You know, it's just like every country has citizens, right? Every country, right? And so the people that here, you know why? Because I see a bunch of citizens right here. We are subjects of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We are living in the Kingdom Age. Huh? So Jesus' message is the Kingdom is here. So what does that mean? Well, I said, what does that mean? The Kingdom is here. My friend, if you look at what Jesus says and He promises to us, He says, look, I'm going to give you all authority. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you understanding. He says that He has a mind of Christ, but I'm going to give you that mind to be able to understand the mysteries of the Kingdom of God. The kingdom is here. He goes, not only that, I'm going to give you authority, power, understanding. Why? Because I have a purpose for you. Why else should he give you anything if you have a purpose? It's like giving somebody the car keys to a car that you didn't know. What good would it do? I'm going to put you in jail. So we are to pursue God's kingdom and overtake it and be territory. That's it. If you, you boiled out a gospel, it's not just like, oh, let's get our family saved. And if you believe in Jesus, you and your household will be saved. These are all true. But that's not the reason why we're doing what we're doing. No, my friend. We are to pursue God's kingdom and overtake enemy territory. Where is that enemy territory? Well, first of all, for some of us, it used to be us. In our mind, right? I mean, the enemy, had, oh, you had a big old playground, swings, flies, everything in the gym. The enemy was having a blast in your head. So we have to overtake that initially so that we can begin to step up. Timothy's charge, or rather Paul's charge to Timothy, embodies Isaiah 45, 2 and 3, and Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. For victory, outreach, outreach, and willingness to stretch. That's what he's saying. He's saying, look, look, be strong. The thing I told you, entrust in other people. Teach them. Endure hardship. Right? Don't give up in well-doing. So we have to stretch. Hello, say stretch. See, the stretching takes to me. I mean, you got to be committed to something. It's like, it's like, you know, I always talk about on, 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 on New Year's, on January, February month at the gym. I'm a gym rat. If I'm not in, on the streets, well, I'm in the gym in the morning every day. Almost every day. If I'm not on the gym, I'm riding a bike. But I can't ride a bike, not to But I am. And speaking I've been a gym member of the same gym since 1988. So, every January, it took me out. Because it fills up. I said, oh, well, here they are. For January, look at you. Right, and they come in, and, and, I, and I say, you guys, kind of time it, don't go to certain hour because it's the gym is packed. And, and, and uh, there's a group of us, there's about 10 of us, we see each other, we know each other by name, we're all in the gym together, talk, hey. And I go, are you ready? And Jan- December, what? January's coming, he goes, yeah, he'll be coming. Yeah. be coming. But don't worry, by March, well, I'll be gone. And it's amazing. Why? Because to do anything, Commitment. And the very next thing is going to test your commitment. Because many people are committed up here, they're, but they're not committed in here. That takes you the next step. Because commitment takes, I mean, stretching, I'm talking about stretching, takes endurance. 
you don't have to check yourself in and endure it because it's one thing to be excited about it on the first month. It's like a new job. You know how a new job you got. Yeah, you're all excited. You're all excited. Well, after about five years of that job, for the most part, it's like you get the money. He's no good for me. I mean, and you're a school teacher, I'm just kidding. After a while, I don't care what you do, you lose the excitement. The only thing that keeps you going is you have to do it. You just stick it out. You stick it out. You stick it out. Right? Endurance, endurance. Well, see, the same is true for us. If we're going to do anything, we have to be committed and we have to have endurance. And if we're going to grow and it's true with any organization, when you're going to stretch yourself, we have to be united in our effort. It's one thing to, to stretch by yourself, but when you're working out, you know, you're not good to go back to working out. If you have a workout partner, a good one who's committed and doing when you don't feel like going, there's a good thing about a partner. They go, come on, dude. You gotta go, man. Oh, man, I'm gonna go Oh, just come on, this is where you have to go. Okay. Oh, I said that every day, I'm just kidding. But sometimes you don't wait until you want to go, come on. I'll take trips in my mind. I do. My trigger to go work out is that emotion when I don't feel like it. So I've learned to use that as a trigger to go. I feel like, oh, I gotta go. I know, and here it is. So that's my trigger point. So I, I beat it. I beat it. And we all hit it. But before I would, that, oh, I don't feel like And guess what? I would listen to myself. Did our flesh, did our flesh want to do it? No, because it all, everything, everything, the glory and the glamour wear out. And we're just like, I just don't want to go, I'm tired. I don't feel like doing that. I'm just, I'm going to watch TV and give me a big step chocolate cake. <laughs> oh, that's just me. Come on now. So, so you got to use that as a trigger point, right? And I've learned over the years to use it as a trigger point. And so it's that unity that helps pull the next one along with you. Come on, you can go. Let's do it. Come on, you can go. Let's go. Right? And as you begin to do it and you, you're united with each other, you know what happens when you do that? All of a sudden you get to know each other more and you become deeper friends. And those that are intimate with you, or rather united with you, and have committed and have endured, you become intimate friends. Hmm? So, you must be first committed to church. Like, you know, I said to Legion, you might commit to it. It's like when you get married. Hello, somebody. Do you, before all these people, you know, take this woman to be a lawful wedded wife, right? Or do you take this man to be a husband? And you're, oh, yes, yes. Well, how do you feel in five years? When the really figure done split, Four Dunlops, Dunlops over his belt, right? Now that, where's the commitment now? Gotta be committed, right? I'm Dunlop, I'm more than a tire, right? See, pledging to each other or pledging to a country uh, should be indicative of our pledge to Jesus' ministry. We're going to pledge, we're going to be committed to, we're going to endure, we're going to be united to, we're going to get intimate with others who are united together. Because mm-hmm. when you go to war, let's talk about a war. If a country goes to war, and we say, well, we're, we pledge allegiance to this country, and if we're really at war, it'll tear.
chance to commit We know during war, there's always people that run like chocolate. They split. Right? See, people must be committed to fight if you're going to be in battle. To improve your commitment or your allegiance to the kingdom of God. And so again, to prove your commitment and your allegiance to the kingdom of God, because it sounds good when you say, oh, I'm committed, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's going to be tested. Oh, yeah? The devil hurt you. He goes, oh, she says she's going to commit. I don't want to get her. I just, I'll send a, a lance for a man, so she'll, she'll, she'll leave the Lord, but I'd be quick. The devil's switch. He's going to test you. Really. How committed are you? See, it will be tested. God always has and always will use people, situations, and his work to test you. Anytime you go to school, you've got to get tested, right? Anybody been to school? Would you have been great if you went to school and never got tested? We'd all pass. Right? But it doesn't work that way. See, most commitments far too often are shallow and superficial. I've got your back, bro, until something goes wrong. And we're not doing that. But when you're holding heavy, he was always around. But when he got, when he had nothing, that was my little friend. Yeah, most commitments are shallow or superficial. They'll go around and when things are going good. But when things are down, hard, then you find out. They lack lust of commitment has very little power to respect. The first disagreement you might have with somebody it gives you enough reason to throw the towel. Oh, forget this Forget that chick. I didn't like her anyway. So I just want to pray for commitment so that you can establish yourself in all things. Commitment, a person who has a committed heart transcends everything. Life in general. Uh, you, you have better relationships and they can trust you, you know, they can be around. You have a better employer because they know how you're faithful. You're there on Monday. Well, not everybody else, you know how people always call sick on Monday? Like, number one day to miss work is Monday. Why? Because the brother and sister were drinking too much on the weekend or something. Something happened. But you, they, they, but you, when you're bothered, that brother should be there on Monday. Why? I know he's committed, man. He's on my back. Oh, you make it better. I'm telling you. If, you. if you go to school and you're committed to it, hey, you'll, you'll become, get a bachelor, a master's, a doctor, why? Because you're committed to it. It does something to you. It transcends life. It makes you a better believer. Because if you can't commit to worldly things, how in the world are you going to commit to Jesus? You know, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Really? I hope so. Because I want a people that are committed. Victory Alex has a special mission in the city. Not only are we going to spread the gospel, I'm going to improve the quality of life of people. Because um, not everyone's going to get sent out. Some people just get a good job, have a nice ride, and pick me up for lunch every now and then. Amen. Well, I mean, I want to call everyone to have a quality of life. And for those who are going out, those people have a good quality of life, will have your back. And you know, wherever you go, I ain't got to worry about the Victory Alex. They got a lot of people in there. And I ain't going to start. Because they're right. That's what they're thinking. Well, not in the field. They're thinking about why do you stay? But if we have a committed church with a high quality of life, they'll be taken care of. And we'll take. We'll, we'll, we'll be committed to them. Mm-hmm. And we'll stay for the long haul. 
to our call to stand the city gates and to help improve this area and to meet the challenge to preach, you must give your life completely, totally to Jesus. But we're all called to share the priest to give. Paul, when he wrote to the Ephesian church, he said, as a prisoner of the Lord, he called him up, me, a prisoner, I urge you to live a life worthy of your calling. Worthy. Live your life worthy. Be a noble man, a noble woman. Oh, honor, respect, dignity. That's what we're called to be. No more shifting and dying and gaining and trying to get over. No, we don't get over. We, we allow people to get over on us. Because some people will try. Hey, I'm going to help you anyway. If you want to get over on me, that's on you. That's between you and the Lord, but I'm going to help you. Because well, you know what? When you come to your senses, you'll realize all oh, this blood every day is trying to help you. And I will continue that way. That's how we want to position ourselves. Because every because most people without God, they've lost their mind. They're supposed to try to get over on you. Right? Or do I live in a different world than you? You can't trust everybody all the time. So you understand it, but does that make us shrink back? No. It makes us tougher to be able to say, no, I'm going to risk it. I'm still going to help you. No matter what. Because they will come to their senses, just like we came to our senses. Right? I know none of you ever got over on anybody, right? Well, let's get back over here. So your commitment will force you to live a worthy life, uncompromising, sold out, determined to reach the lost, no matter the cost. We were in a meeting, we're trying to think of a theme. That was one of my favorite lines. Reach the lost, no matter the cost. And now we have a different theme, because we're thinking of a theme for February. It is mission-minded, vision-driven. Right? We are. We're driven by our vision. We're on a mission to get the Blues Brothers. We're on a mission. Amen. We're on a mission to reach people here locally, uh, in the state, in the country, in the world. Why? Because we are vision driven. We are vision driven ministry. See, some people like vision driven because it makes it work. Well, you know what? This is who we are. This is who he is, if you don't like English, amen? So I was birthed. I was birthed in the idea that every believer must put everything aside to reach the lost, the hurting, and the dying. That's how, that's how I came into the church. When I sat there, I, saw, I listened to Pastor Steve, I listened to these great preachers, Pastor Ed Rouse, they all went on to do the Lord, well, Pastor Sonny. Nikki is like my, 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 my dad. I, they, they, their whole life revolves around reaching, hurting people of the world. I was birthed in that. I'm going to die doing that. That's what that's all I'm going to do. And, and if you're, I'm your pastor, I'm going to make you do that too. But that's what we're called to do. And, and I think that's a noble call. I think it's worth living for. Amen? Praise the Lord. So we have to now. Is it easy? Because there are men and women ready to accept God's call. But if you're ready, not only have you have to commit, you've got to be committed to stretch. Right? You must also have endurance. Because it's easy to say yes, yes, yes to do. But there's going to be everybody hit the block. And when you're there, don't feel bad. 
We've all been there. Everybody has to stumble upon it. I'm just tired. I don't know what I do. You just you gotta push through it. That's really enduring. You gotta stretch yourself through it. That word stretch means to extend, to broaden, to large, to enlarge, to widen. So we know how to reach the of darkness. We know how to reach them out on the streets. We do it. It's like second nature to us. When others walk away from a neighborhood or get away fear, we move them with power. We just say that we come in with the power of the Holy Ghost. We don't care where it is. I was with Ray and they were um, um, Ray Burrell, my son in and they were in Africa and the, 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 the police in South Africa was don't go in there. I think it was Hanover Park was it. Don't go in there. We don't go in there. And our young people, we are young people, you know, 28 down to 18, right? Young people. Kind of apart. When they heard the police don't go in there, they got all excited. They all went inside and bam, they ransacked the place. And, and I have video, I should have the video. The video shows them that they did a rally after the rally was over. They picked the people, they started playing music, and the entire neighborhood started dancing. Hundreds of kids just dancing in the spirit. Why? Because we're not afraid. We're called to reach those outside. We're called to go in there. Huh? That's who we are. It's our call. Us all to stretch. So Isaiah 54, we read 23, but if you read verse 1 of that scripture, Isaiah 54, 1, it describes a barren woman. It says, Sing, O barren woman, who never bore a child, burst in the song, shout for joy. You who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. That's powerful. So what does it say? See, we're going to areas and we're calling to people, right, who are completely barren. Where, where, where others said God has forsaken that place, that's where we belong. We, we go to families who have lost hope on their children. Barren. That's where we go in. That's where our blessings are at. Our blessings, now God bless us. Maybe we can get a, a PhD, a lawyer, a doctor, or, or somebody who, who's uh, 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 normal. And that's, we need that kind of help. But our anointing, listen, if you want an anointing, our anointing is to go after those who are barren. Because why? Because there's, he, the Lord says, because there are more of them than anybody else. So mathematically, it makes sense. There are more of those people who are lost and barren without God than anybody else. So God says, get ready. Uh, Widen your tent. It's going to happen. See, stretching takes endurance. Anybody have good track and field? When you run the 100 yard dash, you see this guy, was it that, that one guy from Jamaica? The world's fastest man? Right? What does he do? He gets out there. This guy's got legs about this big, right? And the first thing he does is he stretches. He says, stretch. Why? Because you can't just take on a challenge without stretching. You gotta really stretch. When you work out, now some of you young guys, you go right in the gym and you start working out. Well, you can get away with it now. 
But when you get old, you need to stretch. You need to warm up those old. I mean, I got to warm up my old ancient home before I even do it the way I go in there. And I, and I, I, do, I do a warm machine, right? For 10 minutes, right? And I go, right. And, 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 and well, you need to get tired before you work out. I go, I, hey, I want to at least try to work out. Because if I don't do that, I ain't going to get, I ain't going to go nowhere. I got to warm these puppies up. I got to stretch them out. Stretch them out. So I, 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 I warm up for 10 minutes. Until I feel that first burst of perspiration, oh, there it is, I'm warming up. Okay, now I can go to some weight. Right? You have to do that. And we've got to stretch. And so we're at a point now where we're going to enlarge ourselves, we're going to move, things are going to happen. I can't be the only one stretching. Because if some of you don't stretch, you're going to, be, you're going to pull a hamstring. We live in the world. The Bible says we are in the world. But we're not a world. Our citizenship is not here. Oh, we gotta operate and do our things and make some money and work. But we do that because we're here, but we're like behind enemy lines. We're secret agents, if you will. Right? But we gotta stick it out. We have to have endurance. Endurance will keep you. See, I don't know about you, but sometimes being holy is hard. Uh, 
exactly right things. But temptation is coming. Pressure will arrive. And if your motive is not pure, it'll pressure will either push you out or push your motive out. What am I saying? Either that motive will change or you will split. Because temptation and these things I'm talking about push that out of you. So you need all that mess. I need that mess. I need that mess for you. <laughs> Why? Because I don't move your heart. The pressure will show me. When you're in pressure, then oh, that's who you really are. I might have known you 10 years, but I found you here yesterday. But the pressure is pushing you out. Now, the good thing about pressure is it pushes you out. It's a good thing. That means you can get rid of it if it comes out. But if you don't like it, and if you really like you or you like your motive, you'll, you'll stay you and kick rocks. So I'm trying to help you out. I've got to do that. So we need it. So that endurance, that pressure purifies why you're serving God in the first place. Okay? Pressure and test endurance. The devil, the devil will always try to turn the fire. Right? Why? Because he wants you to get out of the kitchen. And if the fire turns up, some, some people need a little, not even a little, little match. I don't know. He didn't turn the fire. He just like, faked it. And the devil will always start turning up the fire. Oh, this one, this one, not me anymore. God, I tell you, I'm not telling you to pray for me because sometimes the devil doesn't turn the fire. He turns the fire on and he has to blow for it. And I, I just got to take it. I just got to take it. Why? Because my motive is pure. I just got to take it. But no matter what the devil throws away, I'm going to take it. No matter what happens, I ain't going nowhere. Why? Because I want to do what God called me to do. I want to finish this race. I want to finish it well. Some people start a race well. I don't want to. Starting good is cool. But I'm not really too much about starting good. No, no, no. I want to finish well. I want to finish. It may, it may be all messed up in the team, bumps and knots and whatever, but I want to finish well. So no matter what, I'm going to stick it out. We must endure hardships. No endurance, no commitment, no commitment, no growth. So we learn truth for the hard time. That's when we learn the best. Who we stretch together is the next question. Hmm? Psalm 133, 133 reads like this. And I'm coming from that. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together. In unity. It is like the precious oil poured on the head, running down the beard, running down Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of the his robe. It is as if the dew of Herman were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessings. So many people want to be led by the Holy Spirit, but too many, however, cannot be led. The truth is that found in Psalms 133, Unity, it says, is like the oil poured on the head. Unity is vital to your walk with God. Unity. 
See, God never called us to be Lone Ranger Christians. Oh, you're the Lone Ranger on this Tonto. No, that doesn't work, Christianity. We're called to be a united body. Oh, yes, we work out our salvation personal fear and trembling, but you can never fulfill your calling alone. Ministry is people. I mean, you got to get in there and, and rub shoulders with people, get mad at each other, get over your anger, learn to love each other, but stay committed and have endurance. Because we have to stretch together. Hmm? The following is one of this, this kind of following unity, right? Walking with God, that's following. That kind of following is one of Jesus' most powerful prayers when he talks about unity. We all look at Jesus uh, when he prayed for Lazarus. He goes, Lazarus, come forward. And we say, Oh, Jesus rose the dead. He brought the dead, the, the dead to life. That's easy. It is harder to keep a group of people united than it is to raise the dead. It is so hard to keep people united. The Holy Spirit desires to lead us. Huh? But we throw out obstacles in this way. Let us not put restraints on him by walking in disunity. We need to stretch, stay, and stand together. Look at Jesus' prayer, John 17, 20. I am praying not only for those, for these disciples, but also for all who will never, ever believe in me because of the testimony. Who will ever, will ever believe in me, rather, because of the testimony. So in other words, he's not praying for the disciples, but he's praying for you. Right now, his prayer is for us. My prayer for all of them is that they will be one, just as you and I are one. Father, that just as you are in me and I am in you, so they will be in us. And the world will believe you sent me. That's what he's praying for. So we need to stay together. We need to be united. If we're going to stretch, we need to do it together. As a united people, unity will bring a fresh anointing into our ministry. The unity produces, rather, that anointing of a unity, united produces authority. That anointing produces a power. That anointing produces understanding. That anointing produces purpose. A pup. I'm going to about puppy. Can never forget? So I want a pup. Anointing, power, understanding, and purpose. So I, we went, me and my baby, should be trying to get me to get another puppy. Hello. Crystal. Puppies are expensive right now. We need that kind of money. Oh, you know, here's a kind of puppy. What's a kind We'll go down there, and if the puppy only costs a dollar, We'll buy it. But if it doesn't cost a dollar, we'll go have a shake. All right. So we go in there, literally, and she's how she go in there and, and we all the puppies. She comes in out. I go, come on. She asked me. So she literally, she chose, chose all the puppies she liked. A pup. And she had me ask the lady how much each one was. How much is that one? One thousand four hundred. That's one thousand four hundred. He goes, "How much is that one?" And then nine hundred, eight hundred. Then we use an English bulldog, ugliest dog in the world. 
because the servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have told you friends, for everything I learned from my father, I have made Yahweh to you. Intimacy. As I close, intimacy with God. See, the easiest way to become intimate with God is not through studying the Word. And I, as a guy, I, I, I double masters in a, in, a, in a doctoral degree, and I study the Word. That does not make you intimate. In fact, if you're not careful, it just keeps all in the way. It messes you all up. If you're not careful. No, no, no. Intimate is way beyond the best way. Now, this is really heavy. The best way to get intimate with God is to get intimate with each other. Think about that. You're, you have an opportunity to become intimate with your neighbor. That neighbor is the same person that Jesus, when he was on the throne of heaven, said, I've got to go down and die for him. There's something about all of us together that blows God's mind. Why else would He send His Son to die for us? But that person that you have the opportunity to get intimate with is the reason why Jesus gave up His His throne. And that's where you'll find God. You'll find God in each other. A little bit here, add it to a little bit here, add it to a little bit over there, a little bit more over there, so you can start seeing a big, holistic picture of who God is. So as a pastor, I, I, I go, I look at this group of men in the home, and this group of people here, and I sit here in amazement, in amazement of who God is. I'm afraid what to do in people who are not people. I'm amazed at what you can do in a life who everybody gave up And when I see that, I just see a little bit more of how God is. And the more I see, the more I want. That only happens if you're committed to it. You endure for hard times. You stretch and become united. You force yourself to be united with your brother and sister. Now you're getting to intimacy. There's so many examples of biblical intimacy. Alliance and Elisha. Moses and Joshua. Paul and Timothy. You and Trump. If a person shows no mercy with people, they're lacking in intimacy with God. We're going to blow it. People can blow it. You know, I, I, so you know, I, I hear stories. You know, the pastor can do anything. I hear it. And if you want to get deal with the pastor, why don't you do it to me? Why do you know that? 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 Why
Intimacy. Stretching comes. I want to have it louder. 